0: G'day, I'm Washi Ginsberg, and I want to welcome you to the latest IKEA podcast series, Behind the Brand: The Co-workers of IKEA. Join me as we take a peek inside the big blue box and get to know the people at the heart of the IKEA brand. We'll hear stories from co-workers as they take us on a journey through the IKEA culture and values—the very essence of what makes IKEA IKEA. We'll also learn more about what IKEA stands for as a business, including climate action, equality, and supporting the communities in which it operates. Today, I'll be speaking with Ola Diab, Services Experience Leader from the IKEA Service Office. Just to kick off, I've got five really quick questions for you. What was your first experience with IKEA like? Awesome. (laughs) Okay, we'll get to that.
1: When you were
0: a little person when you were a small person what did you want to be when you were a grown-up person
1: Ah, oh, i wanted to be a doctor how boring
0: <laughs> far from it what's one food that you'd never be able to give up
1: i would say it's not food it's a drink coffee oh, i can't give it up
0: you and me both and what is your favorite podcast at the moment
1: um I'm not listening to a lot of podcasts but my favorite is for Ariana Huffington. It's, oh, it's yeah. yeah it's yeah it's around looking after yourself which is cool. I love it.
0: She's very clever. She's extraordinary mm. isn't she?
1: She is. Yeah, she is. Uh, yeah, she's an interesting person. Yeah, and I I love her journey. Yeah.
0: You have quite a unique story as well. Doing research for this I was so excited to talk to you. Your story oh. in in many ways is uh very much an Australian story, and, and I'm, I'm grateful that I get the chance to share it with more people. Where in the world did you start your life?
1: I have been in Australia only for six years, but I started my life, so I'm originally Jordanian, but I've never lived in Jordan. I grew up in Saudi Arabia, and then I lived most of my life in Syria before moving here to Australia.
0: What do you remember about Syria when you were growing up?
1: Oh gosh. I, I loved living in Syria. I loved growing up in Syria. Like it was, it's, it was the most safest place in the world. You know, it's quite small, but very social. Community is huge and big. You have friends everywhere. You know, you go to restaurants, pubs, clubs, you know, and you find you're going with one or two friends, but you meet everyone there. Got some of my yeah, best memories, I think, growing up in Syria.
0: So tell me, if I'm not mistaken, I'm guessing there wasn't an Ikea in Syria.
1: No, there wasn't an Ikea in Syria. Where was the first time
0: you saw an Ikea?
1: Actually, it was when I moved here to Australia. That was the first time I saw an Ikea So, and I was blown away. So can you imagine? I was like in my 20s. I had my master's degree, and then I got to – I knew IKEA, of course. You know, everyone knows IKEA. And I went to this beautiful blue box, and I was blown away. What were you doing your master's in, Ola? Uh, I have an MBA in business.
0: Oh, right. And so you were working in Syria before you came out to Australia?
1: Yeah, I was. So um, I used to work for UNICEF in Syria. So I was with them for almost six years looking after – Logistics and supply chain
0: What work was UNICEF doing that you were you were working on?
1: Oh such an incredible job um, so when I started, we used to look after uh, because it was the Iraqi uh, emergency, mm-hmm. so we had lots of Iraqi refugees coming to Syria, so it was really around supporting the educational system in uh, in, in Syria to really accommodate all of this influx of Iraqi refugees, but also supporting their health, the women's and children's health. But then when we when unfortunately the war broke out in Syria, this is when actually the work heightened. So the work was really around supporting Kids get the education they need, even if it's at war. Get the psychological support they need, and for women, get to get the support they need uh, psychologically, physically, but also, also with supplies. So it was incredible, incredible, incredible job.
0: It would have been tough every day to go and face the reality of what it is that you were there to do. What was it that kept you going?
1: Yeah, it's it's tough because you're living there, right? So can you imagine we're living now with COVID and you're very stressed and anxious? You're living in a war zone, right? But then you go to work knowing everything you do is actually helping someone and contributing. So you are part of the solution.
0: You and your partner moved to Australia some time ago now. Why did you choose Australia?
1: So my partner, he always was fascinated with Australia And he was like, how about we apply for skilled migration? So I was like, yeah, why not? Let's, uh, why not? Let's explore it. But I never thought it would happen so quickly. And it did. So it was a great feeling. But at the same time, I was like, oh my gosh. It was so frightening and it's mixed of emotions, you know, leaving your family, your friends, you know, being taken out of your roots. But I think it's the best decision we've ever made in our life and I'm so happy that we did it. So lucky.
0: We're lucky to have you. Our country is better because of the people that are in it. And, you know, it's it's I'm grateful for it. How long after you landed here did you started ikea and what did you do between when you got here and when you uh
1: started working at ikea as an immigrant you come here and you start applying for for all kinds of jobs you contact all recruitment agents you do everything you can do right to land a job because that's the dream and then i got this phone call that ikea wanna hire a purchaser you know and i was like wow that's awesome it's ikea and I got it. So I got it after almost six months of me landing here, which is I'm so lucky and grateful for.
0: Yeah, obviously, when you studied your master's, you learned a lot about different business models and different management styles and different you know, corporate structures. What was it about working at IKEA that appealed to you?
1: Uh, so without knowing IKEA or knowing the people at IKEA, I was fascinated with the business model. First of all, the range. We have a fantastic range. It's very affordable, it's very beautiful, we it's displayed in a in a beautiful inspirational way, but it's also the flatback concept and the concept how We do part of the equation and you do the rest of it. So we are able to sell this furniture in affordable prices. So this is absolutely mind-blowing because you will see this business model that's really working on how we can make furniture more affordable to reach more people. So I was fascinated with this. And then you come to Ikea and then you meet the people. And I remember my first interview I've never been so comfortable in an interview as I was in my first interview. So I think this says a lot about an organization and how they really interested in you and interested in what you can offer rather than your resume and your experience, which is great.
0: What was it about that first interview that gave you a clue you were in the right spot?
1: Oh, first of all, uh, I, I I came into the office. It's beautiful, it's gorgeous. And uh, and I saw people, like the music and people like, Casual and they looked really happy and looked really happy and relaxed. But also I went to that, to the interview room and there was a saying in the room says like, it's okay to be yourself. And for me, it's like, wow, you know, working like, as you said, knowing businesses and corporates and all of that. It's not the first thing you see. So for me to see it, but also to be able to see the people who are interviewing you actually displaying that it meant that they are walking the talk.
0: You've had a few different jobs at IKEA. What is it that you do at the moment?
1: I'm responsible for the service offer for IKEA Australia. So my title is Service Experience Leader. So yeah, looking after our service offer, delivery, assembly, how we can looking after the experience, the commerciality, and the financial aspects of them. So it's quite an, an, an interesting and, uh, and challenging role, which I'm loving. What
0: is it about doing that? Role and I guess you know identifying what is working in and what's not working and how you can improve things that that you enjoy. What is it about that?
1: My job is to work with so many different stakeholders and people and co-workers in our business, in our stores, in our offices, in our online business and CDCs. So that's what I love about it—the opportunity to really be able to work together, create a difference, uh, find a new opportunities, work through challenges. And um, I think that's, that's, that's fantastic to get this opportunity to in in such a role.
0: Tell me about keeping on the lookout for how you might be able to do things better. Does it, you know, is, are you the kind of person that likes to constantly be on the lookout and how you might be able to improve what you're doing?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's one of the things that. I love, I love working with other people and I love creating magic together, but I love always to renew and, uh, and make things better. We want to keep on evolving things. And, and when you are in a place where not, what nurture that, and I've been with IKEA for almost six years and it's a, it's a testament. As a person, I've been able to even change roles and evolve. So yeah, so it means you're moving and evolving personally, professionally, but also the business is evolving around you and it's exciting.
0: When you talk about changing roles, I'm guessing right before you change roles, there's a a process there where you speak with someone uh, like a superior or something to talk about where you are and where you might go. Did you appreciate being in a space where you could speak candidly like that?
1: Absolutely. I remember when when I joined IKEA for my first role, and my manager, like at IKEA when you join, you do like your first months a chat when they check where you are and if you're comfortable and making sure that. You're on the right path and you do it after three months, six months and so on and so forth.
0: Before you had your own family, I'll assume that you saw other women that you worked with find out they were pregnant and go on maternity leave. How did that make you feel when you saw how that was handled and how their roles handled and how their career path went? How did that make you feel about going on that journey yourself?
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting because I think being pregnant is – the most rewarding thing and feeling at the same time it 's lots of uncertainty that goes with it because you especially if you 're a first time mom you don 't know what you to expect you don 't know what 's coming you 're supported with six months maternity leave, for example, and that's a, like that 's an amazing support for you to be able to really stay at home and look after your little one without the financial worries as well, and seeing other women at the organization we have an incredible women in leadership at IKEA where they have families and they've got careers, where probably I didn't see that in other, in other industries. Sometimes you feel it's a trade-off, you know, to be able to progress in life, you need to trade that off. But at IKEA, you see these examples and when you see them, you feel like I'll be okay, you know, I'm supported, I'll be fine. So it gives you a little bit of comfort going through that journey. I'm
0: always about the idea that you can't be what you can't see. And if you don't demonstrate, it's like being a parent, right? It, anything you tell your kid, they'll ignore everything you do. They will copy, you know, it's, it's, it's just how it is. (laughs) And similarly in a workplace, if you don't see that, if you don't see that support, it might make you think, well, and now I can't do that because it's, it's not here. But having seen that, when you, when you did find out you were pregnant, did it give you a sense of like, what, what did it make you feel like about where your career path was going?
1: I think when I was pregnant and always, you know, women wait for like, you know, normally 12 weeks to tell their employer or anyone, right? Because there's a lot of uncertainties. I had this relationship with my manager who at the time was the country manager. I told him at six weeks because I trusted him, you know, and that tells a lot. So I went to him and I was like, look, this is where I am at. I'm expecting and I just want to share it with you because I'm so excited. So I think it just, it, I didn't have that worry as much as like, oh my gosh, where my career is going, you know, because as you said, I've seen these great examples. And I think to be able to tell your manager at such early stage that you're pregnant, it just shows the trust and the relationship that you have.
0: When it came time to go on maternity leave, what was it? What was it like? What was the process like? And what did your, you know, what did the path look like for you and for your job during and after?
1: Yeah. So before going on maternity leave, so I was in that role for almost uh, a year and that the role I was in, it was like uh, one of those roles that usually stay a year to 18 months in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because uh, it's an opportunity to get exposed to, to a lot of areas in the business, but the idea is not to stay there for years and years. And yeah, before going on maternity leave, like, yeah, as I told you, I had this open and amazing relationship with my manager. And we spoke about, okay, coming back, I would love to have a new adventure and I would like to start in a new role and being so open about it. And he was, yes, okay, what are you interested in? And we spoke about the different options. But of course, you know, going on maternity leave, you don't know when you have a plan. Okay, I'll be back in six months, but things change because this is my first time being a mom. So you don't know exactly what you're coming for, but at least you have a list of possibilities. That you're interested in. So yeah, so that happened. And uh, when I was ready to come back, I reached out to my, uh, to the team at the office and, and there was this amazing job that was available at the time to work as shopping experience leader for the country. And it was really a role around working with the stores to ensure that we have better experiences for our customers, but also really working on our operations and the efficiency of the operations and, and all my roles. I've never worked very closely with the store environment. So that was my opportunity to do it. And I was so interested. I was uh, super lucky to get that job. But part of the process as well, you know, I was like, I'm still career driven, very, very uh, ambitious. And I think I was like, yeah, I will go back full time, you know, but (laughs) going through maternity and having my little one, I was like, I'm not ready. I want to spend more time with her. And I would love still to work and have both words. So yeah, I went to my organization and I said, look, I would love to go back, but I want to do it part-time. And they were amazing. Like I started working part-time three days a week and uh, and I did that for six months. And then I added one day and I still I'm doing four days a week up to now. So this is my second role after having Selena and, and I'm doing that. And I feel so grateful to have these two opportunities, I think, to be able to work but still spend that one day or two days with your little one. It's absolutely incredible. And it shows that you still can do a valuable job and be a mom, which is absolutely incredible.
0: Now, exactly where you're coming from. The COVID lockdown happened when Wolfie was—he was just on six months old. And so yeah. all of all of my work stopped as well. So for ten weeks mm. I got to be there every day. You know, at six months old. I'm like, it, it, like it's weird not working. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. But getting to be with this boy, this little baby that was different, as you know, his face was different every day, his body was different every day, he'd do different things every day. I would have missed all of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And He'll never be that little. He'll never be as little as he is today ever again. And no. there's no money, no job, nothing that I can buy that experience with.
1: Absolutely, so beautiful. It made me emotional. It's true. <laughs> so true. It is so true.
0: <laughs> but it's it's true. It really is. And and if anything, that's what this this whole situation has shown me is that, yeah, I go to work every day to try and earn money to pay a mortgage and stuff, but. There's only so much money can buy me no matter who you are you know you can't buy time with your kids when they're this little you can't buy being there for them when they fall over and for the first time they figure out what gravity is and you have to hold yeah, Exactly
1: <laughs> Exactly. Oh that's so beautiful.
0: It's true though you know and it's it is. And I you know I was I was really lucky with my work as well they were very very supportive uh, for me and and in, in turn, then Ola, I'm, I'm sure it's the same with you. You know, I don't want to lead you down a path here, but in turn, it made me turn around and go, "All right, then you had my back, and now I'm here for you." You know, that's what it made me feel like.
1: Absolutely, I totally, I'm totally with you. I think like one of the things that when I came back while I was on maternity, there was we've got this leadership system or project. And uh, I was on maternity leave and I, I got this phone call and I was like, Allah, you, we've told us before that you're interested in it. Are you still interested? And I was like, yes, I am interested. And I, I went through the interview and all of that while I was on maternity and then I got it. So I was part-time coming from maternity and still I was considered for a leadership project, you know, or a development Project and I was like, wow, how awesome is that to be able to get this? And to your point, you feel like you're unvalued and I will. I'm doing my 150 every every day because you value me, you value my development, and you value my family. Just absolutely, absolutely awesome to get all of this. Yeah.
0: When you came to Australia, and I've 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 moved countries. I lived overseas for for about ten years or so, and it's very tricky straight away because you're you know i was there with one other person and that was it you know i was kind of alone mm. and finding a community quickly is one of those things that helps you get that feeling of home happening yeah do you how how does your how does your job give you that sense of community if it does at all
1: yeah absolutely it does We're quite busy. So you have your family, but then you go to work and this is who you spend most of your time with. And I think for me to know that, um, uh, like you've got people who care for you, who ask about you, who look after you. This is, I think, how my job gave me this is of community at IKEA and I think it's very different from other uh, places I work for where like people are chat with you, ask you if you're okay, you know, interested in you as a person uh, rather than just what you do. So it's, uh, it absolutely helps you integrate and as you said, being new to a country, uh, a country that speaks different language, you know, it's all of these things so it's, and this it's okay to be yourself. It's incredible because that's what you need. You need uh, you need to be able to be yourself without being judged, and and that's what I found at IKEA, and uh, it's priceless.
0: And when you you know when you go home and you you tell your partner, oh, this is what happened today. Um, <laughs> what's his reaction to the way you describe uh, where you work?
1: Oh, my husband loves IKEA. <laughs> He loves it so much. Especially, I think, when he sees all the opportunities I get. I don't think any place they care about you. Really, development as much as IKEA does. So I think when he sees that, he's he's really blown away. Yeah, he, he loves IKEA. <laughs> it was up to him; he would join us. I was like, no, we need to we need we live together. We need to not to work together to keep the relationship going.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know the I know the feeling. I know the feeling. <laughs> when you look forward to you know you've you've been at IKEA for some time now. When you look forward to your next few years there, what what excites you?
1: Oh, gosh, so many things excites me. The possibilities, you know. It's First of all, IKEA and how IKEA is evolving is so exciting, you know. But also I think me to be part of it is more exciting for the old possibilities that I could be for all the older countries I could work in. I think that's the secret. You can be any anything you want at IKEA. It's not like... Uh, where you see at other places where you have a certain career, you need to follow to get to a certain position. So what I love is like you can really change and move around and try different things, but you can get to what you need to be because there is no this traditional career path. So, yeah, I'm so excited. I'm so excited about the possibilities. Oh, gosh.
0: When you, you know, see the challenges that we're faced with suddenly uh, not being able to be too many people in a room, not being able to stand too close together. Yeah. Um, you know, how do we then redesign uh, the workplace? How do we redesign our social interactions with strangers, with people we love? How do we have people over when we can't hug them?
1: Mm. You know,
0: it's it, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of challenges. But when you look back over over your life and your career, do uh, you feel a sense of hope?
1: Oh, absolutely. I feel a sense of hope. I um big believer in humanity <laughs> and we will uh, we will conquer it. Yeah, absolutely. I feel a sense of hope and I think what's so incredible about us human beings, like we find another way, you know, as uh, yeah, I lived in a war zone and still I've got family and friends in Syria and they're living their life, you know, and they found a way around it. So I think I'm sure we'll find a w- our way around what uh, what's going. And we, we are there, like Australia has has, yeah, has gone, I think, uh, done an amazing job during this time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm so hopeful about, about the future. It's, as you can imagine, me coming from the Middle East, I love to hug. <laughs> so that's pretty hard for me. <laughs> but I can't cope without it.
0: <laughs> we were speaking earlier about your role, your new role that you've taken since you uh, came back to work after your, your little one got born. Can you talk to me, if you wouldn't mind, can you talk to me about the agility of your role, please, and- you know, obviously, the, 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 the way the customers change their behavior around uh, COVID and now how we are living life in a new way. Can you give me some examples maybe of how that agility happened uh, within your team and in your role?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, when, uh, when we've seen, the, I think, the change on behaviors and we've seen that customer really wanted to stay uh, more and more and uh, shop in a different way and shop online, we decided to, with our click and collect offer, we decided to make it free. I think, to be more affordable for the many, but we decided as well to be contactless. And the reason for that, because we wanted customers to feel, you know, if they want to shop with us, that they feel protected and safe. And that happened in a very incredible time. So actually, we actually did it. And from idea to execution, it took around three to four days, which was absolutely incredible. And we can see the law. We can see the uptake and we can see customers are enjoying it and they're telling us this in our feedback. And now we're thinking about the future. i are thinking how we can integrate this part more and more as part of our journey moving forward, which is super exciting.
0: Obviously, you know, you have a way of doing things and this is the way and you're, you're iterating and you're changing your processes as you go slowly, slowly, slowly. And then something big comes along like, okay, guys, we're going to have to figure out how to run the business without people standing close to each other. We're going to have to figure out how to run the business without anybody touching any of the products or the touch screens that we've put all over the store. Uh, obviously you're going to have to adjust your business processes very quickly in order to keep the lights on. I guess this really aligns with the idea of, renew and improve, which is something, it's one of the pillars of of IKEA. Can you talk to me a little bit about how you might have utilized that value of IKEA as you move through this current challenge?
1: Yeah, as you said, it's, it's our pillar around renew and improve. And, and as you said, we know that customers are changing and they want something different. So by working with so many different I think, stakeholders and co-workers across the organization and knowing that the end goal is to make our customer experience better, to provide a more affordable offer, we were able to to do it. So it's super exciting for me to be able to offer an organization that supports that model and be able to to really move very quickly and respond to our customers' need in a very agile way. Uh, it's super exciting.
0: How did it make you feel working somewhere that was so willing to so quickly change the way they did things?
1: Oh, it's incredible. Uh, you know that your, the customers comes first, which is absolutely incredible. And you know our coworkers comes first as well. And we're doing everything in our, in our best to support both of them during such a difficult time and such a demanding time. So it gives you the sense of satisfaction, gives you the sense of fulfillment that we're doing something to really support our customers and co-workers during such a difficult time so absolutely incredible feeling so fulfilling
0: oh i'm so happy to hear that Ola. you've just been the best what a joy to speak with you and and really honestly you've made my day thank you so much thank you so much for listening to this episode of behind the brand the co-workers of ikea make sure you subscribe to hear the next
1: episode thanks for listening